Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with the... The BMX Pro, Justin Sleva himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast, and today we're talking about the uh, fear of institutional money or too much money coming in and ruining this niche. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Casual Fridays REI consulting program. Guys, basically, we're here to help. Doesn't matter if you're brand new to this and you just want some help picking and pricing a county, or you've been at it for a while and you're looking for some help on ways to expand. All you got to do is go to our website at CasualFridaysREI.com. Click on the consulting tab, walk to the sign up, and then we'll be in touch to help you get started. BMX Pro. Is that what I said? Yeah. Okay. You, you know, Jace Cunning still listens to our show, and I, does I can't. He? I, I don't can't, know if he does. I can't have him thinking that I'm trying to steal his thunder because I got smoked this past weekend. I'm not sure Jace is worried about you at all. <laughs> I've seen him right. He's not worried about me at all. So I went out Sunday and went and raced to Jackson. It's, you know, 70 degrees, sunny season opener at the local track here in Fort Worth. And man, it was, uh, I got put in a class that was a, was a little outclassed. I mean, I was within a bike link. Like Jessica was like, you were really close to him. And I was making moves trying to get to the pack, but ultimately didn't qualify for the mains. And it made me. Yeah. That year of redemption's off to a bang and start. <laughs> it's exactly what it's doing, but there's a good thing. And I, I'm such a weird, positive person that I always look at the positive of things that I'm like, well, I'm racing guys that are on teams and sponsored and they're fast. That's going to do better for me come the end of the year than it is if I don't do that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm actually in a better sh- better place to do that now, so I'm going to the end of the year because the redemption is the end of the year. It's the grands. I got all season to get ready for it. Don't you have – can anyone just go to the grands? Anybody, like what, anybody can go to the grands. Well, what makes that special then? Because it's the last year, biggest – it's the biggest national of the year. Yeah, but – the race, gonna, so, if it's going to be called the Grands, shouldn't, so, shouldn't you have to like do good during the season? Well, so, you can't just suck all season and then show up and, oh, I raced at the Grands. You can. Oh, that, that means nothing then. So, But there is the race of champions. So we're, we're racing that series too. So that's the plan is that I race with these expert level cruiser and then I drop back to novice for the, the uh, Gold Cup qualifiers. So you race three, you have to race two races plus their final. Then you get invited to the race of champions and it's at the Grands. So the race of champions is the one that I want to see you do something. I don't want the grands that the, anyone the, can show up to. The race of champions is one thing, but the grands is what I'm going for that redemption because yeah, that's but, the one that wrecked and I lost my eight foot trophy. Some okay, 20 so I see your ago. redemption part, but it's just like saying I'm gonna win this race this Saturday because I yeah. fell 20 years ago on a Saturday. That like it's not like you have to be invited to. It's not a. It's a six and a half hour drive from Fort Worth. That plus the, still means nothing. It's but like. <laughs> You're not going to be sucky rider and show up to the Grands because you're traveling from all over the country. It's the best riders from all over the country that come race this one final natural. It's the Super Bowl of BMX. Well, no, because the Super Bowl is teams competing against each other all season, and then the two best make it. So it's the biggest national so that there's people that race just national classes. So it's they call it the NAG group, the national age group. So you you win for – that's a different class, and that's a different plate you're trying to win. All right. Getting a Grands number one plate is a, is a huge deal. Okay. You, you can downplay it all you want. No, I'm just saying I would think something called the Grands, you would have to compete and do well all season to get there. That's all. Yeah. I guess that's okay. the, all my only point. The race of champions is probably more like what you're thinking. Okay. But the Grands is still, you know, that's like one of the biggest races of the year. 
All right. Well, you know, I'm going to be right there for you. Yeah. So we're talking institutional money today. Yeah, we are. I mean, we had lunch with a, a good friend of ours, and he... Uh, good friend of the show? Yeah, good friend of the show, and he, um, you know, he brought up some points, and he's not the first person to bring it up, right? Yeah. It's, it's this fear that someone with a ton of money, whether it's an individual with $100 million or a hedge fund or some other institution, is going to come in and wipe all of us out because they have so much money. Yeah, and I... Man, that, you are right that it's... A lot of people have this concern, and we ran the numbers backwards. Like, if, you know, just doing the math... It's almost physically impossible to do the business the way we do it and see that kind of results. I agree. I I think we have the same fear, right? Yep. And so we just started working the numbers because people had talked to us about it. And mm-hmm. we we're like, well, let's look at this. Let's see what they would really have to do. Yeah. And if, if you're in that bass boat property, you're buying for 10, selling for 30. Mm-hmm. And somewhat institution, right? Institutional money really starts at about $100 million. Yep. You start taking on institutional debt at that point. Yeah. To do $100 million, you're going to basically, from if we did our numbers right, have to buy and sell 50 to 55 properties per day. You have to buy 55, then sell 55 a day. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, that essentially would mean you have two people, right? All they do for eight hours, 10 hours a day, just sign paperwork on closings. Yeah. So if you did a buy, if you've ever done a buy closing, they're pretty easy. They're usually three signatures, pretty easy. You don't really have to get anything notarized, but you're having to wire the money. So you got wire fees, notaries. On the on the backside on the sale, you would have to have two people, one being your notary, one not being, and you just sit there and sign all day long because fifty five closing packets as a seller, that's ten signatures per, plus reading it to all make sure it's going it's all right. But they're sending it usually the day before the night the, the night before the day before for tomorrow's closing, and you're doing all this remote. I mean, it's a that would that in itself to me is like, oh no, why would you want to do that? Yeah. I just don't really find it feasible when you look at the numbers. The only, really, the only way it starts to work is that hundred million is now buying one or two million dollar properties, and at that point, they're big sub, they're big ranches yeah. that you're going to subdivide, and and then you have a sales team that's involved in yeah. that because you can go buy fifty two million fifty properties that are two million dollars piece to yep. put that hundred million to work. Yeah, and there's there's actually already people that do that. What we're yeah. saying, what people are so scared of, there's already people in there, and it doesn't affect our niche at all. They have billion dollar funds that deal in nothing but raw land. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, you don't feel them now. Why would you feel it if something else happened? You know, oh, Wall Street's going to come dump a bunch of money into it like they did the housing market and it's going to go. There's still people running their business in the housing realm with flipping houses, individuals buying apartment complexes, multifamily. So, I mean, that's something that's still happening today with funds there. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. I think one of the, maybe, maybe it's the fear that it, the niche will be overrun. And it's almost like saying there's going to be too many people working one county. Yeah. Right. And I think we've talked about that before. It's multiple people can work that multiple county because you're not all doing the same type of deal. Yeah. But it does get a little saturated when you have a big group go through maybe one course and it says, hey, buy this type of property in this county. And everybody goes out and buys it at the same time. So yeah. you do you do get some elbows bumping, but yeah. people tend to still bring deals out of it. Well, it's like, and I always go back to this example. It's like Costilla County, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone seems to work that county. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never fact-checked this, but I was told Costilla County has 26,000 five-acre lots. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes it perfectly acceptable for a ton of people to work that area <laughs> because that is a lot of land. Yeah. And there's a lot to go around. And I, when you think about it, in the over across the country, right? Yeah. If there's 26,000 in just Costilla, there's no telling how many lots or, or parcels there are available in the entire country. Yeah. And even if someone with 50 million came in, mm-hmm. right, it's 50 million is going to still be either too much money or you're going to be working different 
price ranges and different types of property, it won't really matter. Yeah, deploying that much cash is is a feat in itself with quality deals. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a it's a it's an understandable fear because the returns we make are so good. But I think it's almost unjustified because the mechanics for it to take place, unless it was extremely automated, in, in the automation part, I don't know that the, the, the contact points are still there. So you would have to have a massive team to actually back that. Oh, this, the amount, the size team you would need would be, I think it would be almost ridiculous. Right? Yeah. I mean, because one person can't deploy that kind of money. Two two people, probably not. Yep. Oh, well, clearly not, because if you just got to have two people just to do closings all day. Who's looking at property? So if you got... For every 10 properties you had come back to, you bought one, you would have to look at 550 properties on the buy side. Oh, yeah, you've got a, a day. You've got an analyst team working for you, a team yeah. of analysts. So, I, I mean, maybe somebody's going to be in our comments and say, Justin, Adam, you are full of crap. You can really do this. I just, I don't see it, man. I don't, I just don't see how you could deploy that kind of cash in the bass boat realm. Now, could you in the 100,000 buy for 100, sell for 150 to 200? You could do it there, but then the margins aren't anything different than what some of these guys are looking at in the with the asset class like multifamily or single family residency. Yeah. And we're talking about bass boat bass boat properties on the low end, right? Cuz yep. that's what we focus on, but there's still five, you know, properties that you buy for 1000, sell for 10,000 where people have that same worry. I would I want to say get that out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz that would that would literally never happen. Yeah, dude, it's not worth the time. No, not a chance. Cool. Yeah. I think that Gets I mean, it's kind of, short, kind of short and simple, but it's it's a fear that people are having, and so it's worth talking about and kind of nipping in the butt because I don't think it's a... I don't think... We could completely be proved wrong, but I don't think it's a reasonable fear right now. I don't think it is either. Cool. Well, we'll call it there. You've got our answer. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, go uh, as normal. Wait, before I end this, actually, I want to say Wednesday, we're going to have Ola Dantas on the show. It's going to be a good show. He's a apartment syndicator. He's a fun guy. We really like him. Super nice. Make sure you check that one out. It's a live video, too, so you can watch it on YouTube like all of our stuff now. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're subscribed to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We appreciate it. We love you. See you Friday. See you, Wednesday. Wednesday. See you Wednesday, guys.